morning. Let's all stand together and worship. Worship is an act of obedience. Our God is all-powerful. He formed the universe with a thought, and He holds it together with a thought. His fingerprints are evident in all creation. He's merciful and kind. He knows our struggles and our sufferings and our sins, and He took every single one of them upon Himself on the cross. He is worthy of obedience. He's worthy of our adoration, and He's worthy of praise. And I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise, treasures of fame, were never enough. Then you came along and put me back together, and now every desire. Is now satisfied here in your love. Lord, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. I'm not afraid. To show you my weakness, my failures are false. Lord, you've seen them all. You still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. Yeah, not a place of a seen grace or my failure. Yeah. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who 
I feel the wind 
It's your name The mountains shake and crumble It's your name Oceans roll and tumble It's your name The angels will bow The earth will rejoice Your people cry out Lord of all the earth We shout your name Shout your name Filling up the skies With endless praise Endless praise Yahweh, Yahweh Yahweh love We shout your name Oh Lord It's your name The morning breaks in glory It's your name The creation sings your story It's your name The angels will bow The earth will rejoice Your people cry out Lord of all the earth Shout your name Shout your name Killing all the skies With your endless praise And this praise Yahweh, Yahweh Shout your name, shout your name Filling up the skies with your way This praise and this praise Yahweh, Yahweh, now we love to shout your name, oh Lord There is no one like our God We will praise you, praise you No one like our God We will sing There is no one like our God We will praise you, praise you No one we will sing, we will sing, there is no one like our God, we will praise you, praise you, no one like our God, oh we sing, yeah keep on singing, now no one like our God, we will praise you, praise you, no one like our God, we will sing, come on, Lord of earth, we shout your name, shout your name, filling up the skies with your way, this praise and this praise, this side of eternity to the others we're not going to be singing three minute and thirty second pop songs we're not going to be singing any kind of formulaic thing that some algorithm generated for you on your drive we're going to be gathered around the throne with those that have gone before us some just recently 
some a long time ago that we haven't heard their voices sing in as long as we can remember. And it's not going to sound like anything we've ever heard. Because they're going to be there, you're going to be there. And there's going to be people that God put in your life and your friends' lives that are going to come to know the Lord long after we're gone. And you're going to hear them sing. And it's eternal. That is a crazy thought. Sing alone of all the earth We shout your name, shout your name Filling up the skies with endless praise Singing Yahweh, yeah, we love to shout your name, oh Lord Sing alone of all the earth We shout your name We're filling up the skies with endless praise Sing
thousand generations falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the Lamb and all who gone before us and all who will believe they will sing the song of ages to the Lamb your name 
is the highest, your name is the greatest, your name stands above them all. Thrones and dominions, all powers and positions, your name stands above them all. And the angels cry, holy, all creation cries, holy, you are lifted high, holy, holy forever. If you've been forgiven. If you've been redeemed, you can sing the song forever to the Lamb. If you walk in freedom, and if you bear His name, you sing the song forever to the Lamb. We will sing the song forever and amen. Your name. Is the highest your name is the greatest your name always oh, stands above them all all thrones and positions all powers and positions your name always oh, stands above them all and the angels cry holy all creation Christ, holy, you are lifted high, holy, holy forever. Hear your people say, holy, to the King of Kings. say holy say it again holy Lord are you above all above all together other you're one of a kind there's never been another there's no other gods besides you you are holy you are holy and Lord we join the angels around the throne that cry out 24-7 if there is a 24-7 but from day to night to night to day if there's a night and day Whatever it is, they're crying out constantly, instantly, and forever. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, who is to come. We give you praise and honor and glory. We bow the knee before you. 
we understand that apart from you, nothing is made that is made. And we trust you that, Lord, you are in control of all things, that your kingdom rules over all for all eternity. You've invited us into that kingdom, and we gladly participate. As Jeremiah 17 and verses 7 and 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spread out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and it will not worry in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. Lord, you are the key to our fruitfulness and we trust you and we cry out to you holy, holy, holy in Jesus' name amen and amen you may be seated to worship with us today. At New Covenant, we invite all people in the communities where we live to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. You can learn more about NCC and become part of our church family or join a volunteer team by going through our Connect class online or by attending one of our in-person upcoming classes. If you would like to bless what God is doing through the ministries at NCC with your tithes and offerings, you can use the offering boxes or give online at newcovenantlampasses.com. If you have any questions about what's going on at NCC or want more information on how to get connected, please stop by the hub desk after the service. Again, we are so glad you're here with us this morning. Now let's open and prepare our hearts for the word. so good to be with each and every one of you this morning. If you're joining us online, welcome. We are so glad that you're with us. I wanted to give a quick update. If uh, Most of you are probably aware that we were gathering Thanksgiving sacks for the past four weeks or so. Uh, we finished that up last week. We ended up gathering 269 full Thanksgiving meals, uh, just a few pounds shy. Amen. Just a few pounds shy of 3,000 pounds, one and a half tons. Uh, I also want to say thank you for to the Wings of Eagle, Eagles ministry the last few years. I think uh, Marissa and I were talking, I think it's been four or five years now, that her and her ministry, uh, which is some youth in our community uh, that she reaches out to, uh, they've helped us carry all of those sacks. It was four full truckloads and two uh, van loads of food, and they helped us carry that over to the mission. Uh, we had three levels. Some of y'all may remember we put a pie challenge. Uh, I think it was 200, 250, and 300. Well, we hit two of the three levels. Uh, so Pastor Daryl and I, and a couple of the elders just skated out. Uh, we were about 30, sh- 30 shy from that. But the minute the mission, it, that was just like an internal goal. The mission has gotten way above and beyond what, what they needed, not only to provide Thanksgiving meals, but Christmas meals and into January. Uh, so they're very thankful for not only what New Covenant provided, but also the rest of the body of Christ in Lampasas. They, there was many other meals provided from the other church. So they uh, will show some pictures uh, in the future, but their, their shelves are full and overflowing. So thank you again for your generosity. Amen. 
So before we get into the message this morning, I wanted to share just a little bit with you. I know that there's probably not anyone here this morning that's not aware of everything going on in the world and in Israel right now. And I think some people have some questions like, you know, about Israel being God's chosen people. What does that mean to, to believers and in, in the kingdom of God? And what is what does that meant throughout history? Uh, and so I just wanted to share a couple passages because I know I've gotten questions from different people and they're like, well, I don't know how to respond to these people on my, you know, social media account, or maybe friends, or uh, people, one of those was my daughter at college, uh, she's at UT Dallas in, in Dallas, and uh, running into people in conversations that she's like, I know this is what we believe, and that we love them and support them, but I don't know how to explain how or why, so I wanted to take just a moment to share this with you. Genesis chapter 12, and this is pretty close to the beginning of, of creation, and this is when God called out Abraham. In verse 2 and 3, God spoke to Abraham, who is the father of the nation of Israel, and he said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And that last part is a prophetic word from God the Father himself to Abraham that the whole earth would be blessed from his seed through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was was the ultimate sacrifice born from the nation of Israel uh, for not just the nation of Israel, but for all mankind. And so from the very beginning, when God selected this man to bring out this nation, he had a plan for blessing. And, and, two, and there's places in the Old Testament that say he didn't pick them because they were great he picked, or righteous or holy. He picked them to make himself made known. To show that I can take anybody and anything and, and, and lift them up and hold them and sustain them. It shows the righteousness and power of God, his faithfulness to one people and one nation, literally for all human history. And, that, and God did it so that he might be glorified. And then the other passage that I wanted us to look at was Numbers 24, 9. And this is uh, during the Exodus. The people, the nation now has arrived. Uh, they, they came out of Joseph in the land of Egypt and all the, the sons of, of Jacob and Isaac. And when, when the nation now had turned into millions and they needed to leave Egypt, during that process, on their way to the promised land, there was a king who wanted to curse the, the nation of Israel. And he called a prophet prophet named Balaam and said, I need you to curse these people for me. And Balaam's response was, I can only say what God tells me to say. So it's like, I'll go with you, but I can, that's all I can do. And this was the curse that Balaam speaks. These are the words that God gave Balaam. Blessed are those who bless you, Israel, and cursed are those who curse you, Israel. And that is just a a repetition, a a reaffirmation of the promise that God has spoken to Abraham almost 400 years prior, or over 400 years prior. And so... um, one, one last thought before, before I share something, one, something about the, that we, we do and some of the ministries we support in Israel. Um, scripture is full of times where the children of Israel walked away and needed correction and needed to be judged. 
And God took care of that. And he actually used other nations to do that. We know the New Testament tells us that if we are sons and daughters of God, we should expect to be disciplined when, we, when we're walking away. And he does it out of love and kindness because he's trying to draw us back to him. So every time the nation of Israel has been judged, it was to bring them back to him. It was for their good. But something, if, if you are a student of scripture, what you know is every nation that God used to bring judgment upon Israel was ready for judgment. They were judged for bringing judgment on Israel because what we just read is true. Anyone who blesses Israel will be blessed and anyone who curses them will be cursed. And so nations that had gotten to the point of needing judgment, God said, you know what? My, my kids need some correction You've crossed the line over and over and over, and your time for judgment is about to come. I'm going to use you to discipline my kids, and then I'm taking you out. That's over and over and over in Scripture. And so I'm not saying that Israel's at a place of needing God. We don't know. Only God knows where they are. What we do know is that to be on the side with God, we bless them and we pray for them. We need to pray for their safety. We need to pray for their salvation. We need to pray not only for the nation of Israel, but all the lost, that all would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. And we support a ministry in Israel we have for many years uh, called the Gesher Forum, and Pastor Akiva Cohen uh, ministers there. He's in Israel today doing the work of the ministry, sharing the gospel with both uh, Jewish Israelis and Muslims in the country. And I reached out to him because, uh, and I, I asked him, I said, during this time, is there any way that we can offer more support, that we can do more than, than, the, than the regular support we're giving your ministry, that we can help others in the nation? And he responded, uh, he and his wife, Susan, have a special needs son and needs 24-7 care. Many of you, any, anyone who knows or has a family member or relative or friend that has uh, a family member that has special needs, you know uh, how, how much it takes to give and care for them. And so a few years ago, Susan felt it put on her heart to start a ministry for special needs in Israel. And right now they're ministering to over 30 families with special needs kids. And she said that during this time, and there's many ministries giving different support for food and clothing and all those things that they need. But she said um, they're trying to minister to these families with special needs children. And because of the war going right now, all the essential services have been shut down. They, you know, it's in, if bombs and things are at risk of coming, you're not traveling, you're not going. They can't get to the places where they were getting uh, the ministry. And she said, um, if, if you're open, this would be a ministry that would greatly help us if we had more resources. And so we've given above and beyond to their ministry. And this ministry um, is called Project LifeServe. And so we are helping support them, and it's thanks to each and every one of you, your tithes and offerings and generous support that allows us to be a blessing, not only to Israel and these, but the most in need in their community uh, with special needs. And they're helping them keep as close to they possibly can their daily routines and support those families and share the gospel with them. Um, so I just want to thank you for your support and thank you for allowing us to be a support for Israel. And before we go into the message, I just want to take a moment and pray for them. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you uh, for your people, for your chosen people, Lord, who you set apart, who you chose to bless, to be an example to every nation of all the world for all time. Lord, and I thank you most of all that you chose out of this nation to, to bring your son to this earth, Jesus Christ. 
Lord, and your word says that it was by that gift that allowed a, a spot to be opened for us to be grafted in to your family. Lord, it is, it is through your son and his sacrifice that now opens the door for all mankind, for all flesh, uh, Israeli and non-Israeli, every Gentile, to come in to the kingdom of heaven. Lord, we thank you for them. Lord, we pray for your peace. We ask that your kingdom would come, your will would be done. Lord, that whatever needs to occur there would happen. Uh, Lord, that you would bring safety and peace and that they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that every lost person in this world, Lord, uh, who's a Gentile, would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We ask this in the name of your Son, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all. Uh, This morning, we're going to continue in our series on seasons. We started it last week by looking at what a spiritual winter can look like. And this week, we're going to take a look at some of the characteristics of a spiritual summer and fall. We looked at the definition of of a season, and we're going to look at this very simple uh, definition of season again. It's a time characterized by a particular circumstance or feature. Each of our seasons are characterized by particular circumstances or features. And the spiritual seasons that we face are characterized by particular circumstances and features as well. Before we jump into the, some of the specifics on these two seasons, we're going to look at summer uh, and fall this morning. I want to point out another difference between physical seasons and spiritual ones. And that is while we experience a physical season uh, one at a time. Now, if you live in Texas and for sure being up in the, coming from the panhandle, you know you can experience all the seasons in about 24 hours. Um, I've had days where it was like 80 degrees calm up in the panhandle one day. The next day it was 22 degrees and snowing. I mean, it, it can change quick. But we were still in the same season. That, that we found ourselves in. But uh, for us being in spiritual seasons and with all the relationships that we have, you can be going on, uh, be in more than one at a time. And just as an example, if you have children, especially if you have more than one children, each of those can be in a different season. Uh, your, your career, your job may be in a season. It might be in a season of, of abundance or it might be in a season of barrenness. But then maybe some other uh, area of your life is being fruitfully blessed like you're in summer. Your marriage may be in a particular season. Your uh, parents may be in a particular season. I mean, and we can just go on and on and on. But the key that I want us to point out or that I want us to understand this morning is that in each of those relationships we would under in circumstances we would understand what season we're in and what God's trying to do in us and through us in that season because it's very easy for us to work against what God's doing and so if if we're in one particular season but we're operating like we're in a whole different one we're not cooperating with God and the work that he's doing in our life in that area and so my suggestion to you and, and what I try to do is when I go to God in prayer for one of those specific areas, if I'm praying about my child, if I'm praying about my marriage, or I'm praying about uh, what God's doing in the church or whatever, I'm like, God, what are you doing in this area right now? What are you calling me to do or partner with you in that? And one of the answers I get a lot of, a lot of times is wait. Like, don't mess it up. Don't stick your fingers in it. You know, have you ever been doing something somebody tries to help you out? <laughs> Let me help. Let me help. 
okay, now it's all messed up. We'll see you later. Good luck with that. How many times do we stick our fingers in something when it's not ready and God said it? What? You were just supposed to be with me and wait. But we're like, but I was trying to help. So, so that's a key thing is just to go to God and ask him, what season am I in in this area and what are you trying to do so I can work with you, not against you? So we started out last week looking at Psalm 23, and we're going to read it again this morning because I think these short six verses touch on all the seasons of our lives. I believe it's also the answer for how we can respond to every unique circumstance and feature that we face in these particular seasons of our lives. Verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's highs and lows in these six verses. There's peace and turmoil in these six verses. And what is the comfort that we can find here? I believe it is that our God is with us. In every circumstance, in every season, he is with us. In every single one of those six verses, God was present. He was present in the difficulty. He was present in the blessing. Now, I think, and some of you may be doubting that at this moment, and I think we doubt that many, many times in the seasons and places that we find ourselves because we ask God many times, where are you? Whether we perceive it in the circumstances, that they're good circumstances or bad. The thing that we have to do is keep our relationship with him as our highest priority. Because he's never far from us. He is always with us. We're going to take a look at some of the characteristics or features of summer. A spiritual summer includes these characteristics. It can be a season of abundance, a season of maturity and freedom. There's harvest and fruitfulness in summer. Joy and dreams can be realized. And we touched on this last week, that spiritual summers can be a time of abundance and blessing, but it's those very circumstances of abundance and blessing that causes us to let our guard down that causes us to lay some of our armor aside because we don't think we need it anymore. When our finances are taken care of, we we tell God, you know what, I don't need you to be my provider anymore. I can provide for myself now, so I'll, I'll see you later when I need something. We can easily spend too much time focusing on the growing life and the fruit that marks this season of summer and forget that there's also still much work to be done. We have to realize that uh, things need to be watered. We're we're coming out, thankfully, God's blessing us with rain, but we've been in a long season of drought. If things weren't watered, it died. This little patch of 
what used to be grass out in front of the church is now just dirt. And we couldn't water it. We couldn't take care of it. And when you're in a summer, unless we can take care of those things that are supposed to be growing and we can give those things the water that they need and do the work that God is calling us to do, the things that are supposed to have life will die. We have to pull weeds. Sometimes it's easy to look again at the positive and forget that there's weeds growing up among the fruit and we need to to work on those and pull those with God. We fight bugs and animals that would destroy the fruit before it's ready to harvest. We're very familiar with high fence in this area. If you want something to grow, it better have a high fence or the deer are going to get to it. We have to protect what God is growing from the enemy and the things that he would use to take the fruit and to, take, uh, to destroy what God is trying to do. Something else that we need to guard against during spiritual summers is having too many irons in the fire. It's easy to get overwhelmed by doing good things to get over, uh, just worn out and totally exhausted because we see something that needs to be done and think, well, I can do that, and this needs to be done, and I can do that. God has called us to very specific things, and we need to keep our eyes focused on what he has called us to do. I was reminded in the first service of an Old Testament passage where, and, and it was, uh, you're going to have to remind me of his name again, Josiah. I remember this time. Uh, when Pastor Daryl shared a few weeks ago on Josiah, the prophet that was sent to give the word of judgment uh, against Israel and, and prophesy that Josiah would come one day, uh, God told him, he said, you're supposed to go a particular way. You need to come home a different way. You're not supposed to eat while you're there and and give the word that I told you to give. He went the way he was supposed to go. He gave the word he was supposed to give. He started going home another way. And the word tells us that another prophet went to him and said, Hey, God told me you can come to my house and it's okay if you eat. And the guy said, Well, that sounds good. I'm kind of hungry. Let's go. And God told you, so I'm going to take your word for it, that God spoke to you about what I'm supposed to do. And he goes, and as he's eating, then a word from the Lord comes from that prophet. And he says, you disobeyed the word of God. You're going to die on your way home. Just like God said you would for breaking his word. And it says he got up, he went home, and he was killed by a lion on the way home. He had a very clear word from the Lord, and he didn't do what God says. When we know what God has told us to do in a particular season, we need to be obedient. We need to do what he called us to do. And that you may be surrounded by other good things and needs, but there is no way that we can meet all the needs around us. There's more needs than can be met. There's, there, we can't meet any need. God has to meet those needs through us, and he's only going to meet the ones that he calls us to meet. When we start doing something else that he hasn't called us to do, he's like, well, I'll let you alone and see how that works out for you. You're on your own because I did not call you to do that. Awareness does not necessarily constitute action on our part. Take time to seek God in these seasons when it seems like a lot is is being fruitful and a lot's coming up. God is an expert at weeding out unnecessary distractions in our lives. We just have to trust him. Remember that Jesus said that all of us who are weary and heavily burdened can come to him because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And the reason is, if we're doing what he calls us to do, he's going to help us. He's going to be with us. Now we're going to take a 
look at some of the features and characteristics of a spiritual fall. A spiritual fall can be a time of transition, a time of caution, lack of growth, and even a loss of what we had before. It may be marked by spiritual fatigue because we may be coming out of all the hard work of a spiritual summer, and it also may be marked by anxiety and uncertainty of the future because if everything around you starts to fall and die, like, "Uh uh-oh, what's going on? But as we've said before, every season is for a purpose. God does a work in these different seasons that need to be done. We can't have a, a healthy spiritual summer unless we've gone through a good fall and winter and spring. So God does a work in each and every one of these that is important, and that's why we need to be so connected to him, no matter what the circumstances look like, that we can partner with him in the work that he's doing in our lives. Spiritual falls, just like spiritual winters, maybe uh, cause us to quickly judge the season as bad. But we have to remember that God is doing a good work in it because it's the way he designed it. Fall brings the cooler weather and beautiful colors, but this season is also marked by a falling away. It began uh, being called fall because all the leaves fall off the trees. And some seasons of fall might include some circumstances or features like this. Maybe our children are growing up and leaving home. Uh, Maybe we're moving to a new place, a new location, leaving friends and family behind. Maybe you've lost a job, a job fell away. Maybe you're losing or your health or you're having a degradation of health. Loved ones passing away. All these things could be part of a season of fall. Things that we love dearly and held close, but their, their season is over. The time has passed. And it helps to remember that God uses these seasons in preparation for bringing new things. Like winter, the spiritual season of fall that we face may cause us to doubt God. The reason is because we put our eyes on the features and characteristics of the season instead of putting them and keeping them on God. Thankfully, not everything that falls away in this season is negative. God can use a spiritual season of fall to remove bad habits and sins that maybe have plagued our life for far too long. He can use that time to let those things fall away, be taken away. Whatever area of life is taking your focus right now, and I just mean that season, that relationship that's getting the most attention, the most focus in your life, whether it's a season of fruitfulness or a season of barrenness, I want to encourage you to keep your eyes on God and be confident that He is with you in it. You may be familiar with the word or these words, be ready, in season, and out of season. These words are found in 2 Timothy and they're important for us to remember. And they're so applicable to where we find ourselves uh, today in our nation and in the world. They were also spoken both uh, to believers and to, to unbelievers. And this was Paul's words to Timothy on how he was supposed to carry himself, how he was supposed to share the gospel. And he said, I charge you therefore... Before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort 
with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Stay faithful. Whatever season that you find yourself in, don't be drawn away from God by the blessing that you may be walking in or the barrenness that you may be experiencing. Be ready in season and out of season. We are called to convince, rebuke, exhort, and encourage one another. That's talking about to fellow believers, to brothers and sisters in Christ, not just to the lost. With all long-suffering and teaching, it's not just the world that's being drawn away in deception. We are surrounded by false teachers saying things everyone wants to hear, and it's so easy to be drawn away right now. We have to understand that we need God in every moment of every day, in every season, in every crossover of seasons that we find ourselves in. Before we get to our last passage, I want to touch on that verse 5. It says, But you be watchful in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. This goes back to what I was touching on a moment ago, that God calls us to specific things. He calls us to partner with him in the work that he's doing in our lives and the lives around us. But he calls us again to specific things. There's so many things that we pick up. And Jesus said, if we find ourselves heavily burdened, if we find ourselves overwhelmed and exhausted where we can't go any longer, we can be rest assured that we're carrying things we weren't called to carry. We're called to fulfill the ministry that he has called us to. And if we're working in that, then we are carrying a light burden and working under a good yoke because he's pulling it with us. And it doesn't mean we won't be in a season of barrenness. It doesn't mean that we'll never see a season of prosperity again. But whatever season we're in, Proverbs 23 promise, Psalms 23 promises us, us that he will be with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. We will never find ourselves alone. And the last passage that we're going to read is found in James chapter 4. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. I'm going to come down front to get a little more intimate. It'll be up on the screen, too, if you don't have your Bible. And I would recommend reading the whole chapter, even maybe going further before that and after to get a better context. But we're going to start in verse 4. And I believe God has something in this for us. And, and again, this may be surprising, but this word is to the body of Christ. James wrote this letter to the churches. This is written like it was written to us. And verse 4 starts out, You adulterous people. This is to the church, to the body of Christ. 
you adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the Scripture says He yearns jealously over the Spirit that He has made to dwell in us? But He gives more grace. Thank God. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will exalt you. We need to take this real serious. The verse that stood out to me the most in this and it ties to the whole thing. But it's about the Holy Spirit in verse 5. It says, Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the Scripture says that God yearns jealously over the Spirit that He has made to dwell in us? And that's why He said that they were an adulterous people. Jesus said, It's good that I go away. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you the Helper, the Holy Spirit, to dwell with you, to dwell in you, to open up the Scripture to you, to give you every revelation of the Father, to glorify me, to remind you of everything that I have shared with you. You will not be alone. And even then, God was telling the church, you're putting things before me. You're committing adultery on me because I am with you and I am in you and you're getting yourself in circumstances and situations and instead of coming to me, instead of holding on to me, instead of having conversations with me, you're looking to the world and you're looking at the circumstances and you're looking at the problems. You're not having a conversation with me. And he's saying we need to repent. We need to honor the work of the Holy Spirit. We need to be sensitized again to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. How many things has He convicted us of that He's done it over and over and over and over again to the point that we don't even hear the conviction anymore? My prayer this morning is that He would sensitize us That we would come to Him and say, Father, take whatever it is that I have put before you. Every every idol, everything, thinking I can provide for myself instead of you. Looking to the problem or the barrenness instead of knowing that you're my hope in every season. And He's saying, I'm in you. I'm with you. Talk to me. Listen to me. You're not alone. 
If you will turn to me, I will turn to you. I will draw near to you. He hasn't left us. We've left him. And in the moment that we turn to him, he's there. And he has grace for us. All we have to do is ask and turn. Anyone on the ministry team, uh, you can go ahead and come up. We're going to close in prayer and worship. I just want to invite you, ask the Holy Spirit what he's telling you this morning. Ask what he's speaking to you. Ask him about the different seasons and circumstances that you find yourself in right now and what he's trying to accomplish and what you need to lay down and what you need to let him kill. And don't hold it back. The front's open to pray if you need to pray on your own, if you need to offer things to him on your own. He is our only hope. In the best season and in the worst season, there is no other option. And if we seek him, if we walk with him, it will be a light and a witness to everyone around us. I've said over and over, I shared with Pastor Daryl again this morning, I believe in these, these days that we find ourselves in, the light is getting lighter and brighter and the dark is getting darker. People are still going to choose the dark, but it's going to be a very clear choice and we have our chance to make a choice again today. Will we listen to God? Will we follow Him? Will we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? And will we be obedient? Or are we going to put them off again? And you never know the last opportunity that you have to answer. I, he's, he's been so patient with me in my life in times that I've pushed and pushed and pushed him away and then would finally answer. But there was never a guarantee that I'd have another chance. Don't wait for the next chance. Take the one that he's giving you this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he came to live And die and resurrect again, Father, to give us a way once and for all to be restored in relationship with you. And thank you that he went away but didn't leave us alone because in your great wisdom and understanding, you sent your spirit, the Holy Spirit, to be with us and in us, to dwell within us. Father, forgive us, forgive me. for pushing him away, for not acknowledging he was even there so many times. Father God, let the body of Christ in Lampasas, in this state, in this nation, and in this world, wake up. Be sensitized again to the conviction and word of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that we would know, hear, and respond to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory You're the only one who can You turn great into gardens 
every one of you that is here this morning. He is with you. You are not alone. Father, give us the grace and mercy that we might never overlook, underestimate, or ignore you again. Lord, that we would be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Lord, even a whisper. that our heart and ears and spirit would be constantly seeking to hear your voice and that when we do, we would respond. Father, let your son be glorified. Lord, and we pray that this world would know that their hope, their salvation, their freedom, their wholeness, their life is found in you and you alone. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 
amen. The ministry teams will continue to be available. God bless you. We're so glad that you were with us this morning. And listen and